Something to note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any one story about the skunk ape, but a combination of stories and texts. Today's episode combines a number of legends and documents for dramatic effect. Welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Join us as we travel from sea to shining sea with our American Monster series. Each week, we'll uncover a different, uniquely American entity as we explore every dark corner of the United States. From backwoods primates to lake-dwelling leviathans, we'll meet paranormal beasts that are as American as apple pie. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we face the skunk ape, a red-haired Bigfoot variation from the American South. While Bigfoot sightings have occurred in nearly all 50 states and Canada, the Florida version and its distinctive putrid odor actually has compelling evidence to go along with the sightings. Coming up, the skunk ape wanders too close to mankind's territory. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. Tales of Bigfoot-like monsters have been a worldwide sensation for centuries. Whether it's the trolls of Scandinavia, the ogres of Central Europe, or the Amorites of biblical Mesopotamia, humanity has always been fascinated with creatures that look like us, only bigger. Bigfoot specifically, however, is a creature of the 20th century, and a prominent one at that. Throughout the 1900s, eyewitness accounts poured in from across North America. They described a giant-footed, lumbering creature, similar to a ground-based primate with short, black, or grayish hair. Most of the time, 
But there was another set of reports. These detailed a different kind of Bigfoot, dubbed the skunk ape. It had long orange hair, and it lived high in the trees of the Florida Everglades, much of which makes up the largest area of protected wilderness east of the Mississippi. Most of the 1.5 million acres of swampland are rarely, if ever, visited by humans. But that hasn't stopped the number of first-hand accounts from climbing. Sometimes these even come with videos and convincing close-up photographs. Certainty of the creature spread throughout Florida. By 1977, one state congressman even proposed legislation that would protect the animal. But few seem to think about protecting themselves from the skunk ape. Ochopee brushed the fuzzy red hair away from her twins' eyes and kissed their little rough foreheads. The sun wasn't up yet, and she hated to leave her babies for even a moment. But she was the only one around to provide for them, and it would be a quick trip through the swamp. The swamp had provided for her for years, and she knew it well, so hopefully she could find food and get back quickly. She climbed out of the straw and grass-lined nest at the top of her mahogany tree and eased down the trunk. Then she ducked her head beneath the tall sawgrass and crept along the banks of the swamp, deep into the heart of the Everglades. An hour or so later, Ochopi was still trudging through the dense underbrush, The mosquitoes buzzed around her, but she didn't waste a single bit of energy on swatting them away. Her matted red pelt was so thick, mosquitoes would choke before they made it down to her skin. And she had other things to worry about anyway. The hunt had been a bust, and she was desperate to find food. Ochopi was old enough and strong enough to weather the lean period that always followed the end of the dry season. Her babies, on the other hand, were not. Usually, she would never dare to venture out this far from her nest, but the humans moved farther and farther into the swamp with each passing year. Food was becoming more scarce. Off to her left, she saw a small mound protruding through the brush. It was a gator nest. It would be risky for her to try and steal from the swamp's apex predator. But it was early, and if the gator was still out hunting, she might stand a chance. Besides, Ochopi could smell the eggs from here. A couple of them would make a hearty meal for her babies. She would have to risk it. She lumbered toward the gator nest, carefully pushing away the sawgrass with her long, powerful arms. She crouched down to inspect the nest, not an alligator in sight, but there was a pile of eggs. Ochopi crept closer, trying to ignore how bad she felt about raiding another creature's home. Her last home was destroyed while she was hunting, too. Years ago, Ochopi had stepped out at dawn. 
By the time she came back, a massive machine had plowed over her mahogany tree. She'd stepped out of the brush to lock eyes with the human atop the machine. His eyes were piercing blue, gleaming like jewels beneath a canvas hat decorated with a belt of gator teeth. The man gawked in terror at the sight of her. Overcome with emotion at her fallen home, she charged at him. The sight of her treetop nest, broken on the ground, was too much to bear. She flung a rock at him as he fled in terror. It glanced off his head, causing his neck to whip back and forth, but he didn't stop running. Ochopi continued to rampage through his worksite, gnashing her teeth and swinging her arms above her head. With the human gone, she took her anger out on his machine, battering the yellow doors with a fallen branch. She hoped she'd never see another man again. Since that day, Ochopi had only concerned herself with her and her baby's well-being, so she bent down and scooped four of the gator's eggs off the pile within the nest, two for each of her twins. She tucked them into a small sack at her side, which she'd made by weaving sawgrass blades together. Ochopi froze at a low, guttural growl from behind her. She turned around. The mother gator was home. She wasn't enormous, maybe the length of Ochopi's arm span, but all the same, Ochopi didn't want to get bitten. Standing between the mother and her eggs, Ochopi knew she was in for a fight. The gator lunged clamping its powerful jaws around Ochopi's leg. Ochopi let out a yell as the dagger-like teeth sank into her skin. Her matted hair would protect her from most swamp beasts, but the alligator wasn't most beasts. She kicked her leg, trying to shake it off, but the mother gator was locked in. So Ochopi raised her fist high and swung it down with all her might. She heard a crack as her fist hit the mother gator's skull. She felt teeth pull from her leg as the gator fell off to the side, dead. Ochopi turned back to the pile of eggs. Her heart broke at the thought of leaving these poor babies motherless. But her sadness only lasted a moment. She scooped the eggs up into her sack. No point in letting the gator die for nothing. She and her babies would certainly eat well today. A high-pitched wheezing sound rang out across the swamp. Ochopi shot upright and stretched out over the top of the sawgrass. She knew immediately what it was. The humans called them airboats, tall, mean-looking hunks of metal with giant steel blades that made them glide across the swamp. The boat wasn't just fast approaching, it was here, parked in the creek that ran through the floodplain. Ochopi took shallow, choppy breaths. This was the last thing she needed. 
She glanced down. Streams of blood ran from her thick red hair down her leg. It pooled around her, a trail going from her feet to the dead alligator beside her. She wasn't going to be able to make a run for it, and with her luck, the father of these gator eggs would be home any minute. The sound of the boat cut out. It had stopped. That was not a good sign. Ochopi's shoulders heaved with each gasp. The pain was setting in. A voice boomed out from the boat. Now y'all follow Dr. Skinner off the boat. The area where we are is just down the ways from my first encounter with the skunk ape. Everybody keep your eyes peeled. It can pop out from anywhere. Ochopi knew that voice. It was the man who'd plowed over her home, who called himself Dr. Skinner. He was a builder, a hunter, and a guide. And he'd been tracking Ochopi since the day she'd injured his neck and destroyed his machine. He'd nearly caught her on a few occasions, but each time she'd managed to slip out of his grip. Today, though, Ochopi was cornered and injured, she'd need a lot of luck to get by him again. Ochopi peeked over the grass. The boat was stopped in the middle of her path home. Seven humans carefully shuffled off the boat. Some of them were armed, and all of them were headed into the sawgrass, straight for Ochopi. Coming up, Ochopi has to fight or flee. The CIA, they're the first line of defense for the United States, analyzing intelligence to thwart any possible threats and keep us safe. Some of their involvements are made public and others aren't. Hi, it's Carter from Parcast, and in honor of America's birthday, we're uncovering the cases you were never supposed to know about in the new series, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. From international assassination plots and mind control experiments to catastrophic cover-ups and secret societies fit for film, sift through the agency's most questioned and controversial affairs. Each week, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition exposes the covert operations intended to protect us from conflicts, but end up creating conspiracies. Where does the truth lie? Where do the lies end? And how much do we really want to know? Follow the new Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen every Thursday, free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. (laughs) 
Ochopi the skunk ape felt the coarse red hair on her back stand on end. She peered through the sawgrass to see an airboat in the swamp. Standing atop it was Dr. Skinner, basking in the sun like a lizard on a warm day. The other humans fanned out behind him. They had small black boxes around their necks, which they used to survey the land. It was the same kind of box humans tended to point at Ochopi before they used its strange powers to stun her with a white flash of light. They were very dangerous weapons. She couldn't let them find her. Most humans didn't worry her, even if they were armed. They weren't hunters. They were sightseers. But she was worried about the loud, boisterous Dr. Skinner, whose leathery, sunburnt skin was almost the same shade as Ochopi. A wide-brimmed canvas hat bedecked with alligator teeth shaded his eyes. A long, sharp knife dangled from one of his hips. A pistol hung off the other. Dr. Skinner was trouble. She'd watched him kill all kinds of swamp creatures since their first encounter, from gators to deer to swamp rats. He was a terror on the Everglades as he roared up and down the water on his airboat, hunting for prey. Ochopi knew what he really wanted was her. Ever since he'd destroyed her home, provoking her into hurting his neck and ruining his strange yellow tree-killing machine, Ochopi kept her eyes trained on Dr. Skinner as she cautiously backed away from the gator nest. Through the blades of grass, she could see Dr. Skinner hold his head into the air and sniff. (laughs) Dr. Skinner held a finger to his lips. Shh, everybody be still now. You smell that? That's no gator. That putrid, musky odor? That's the skunk ape. It's nearby. The other humans buzzed with excitement, both scared and thrilled. Some reached for packs of lima beans since they seemed to think that Ochopi's kind loved them. Others reached for their guns. Ochopi had to get out. She could do it fast and loud or quiet and slow. Given the state of her leg, Ochopi went with the latter. The humans and Skinner's airboat still sat between her and her path home, so she would have to go the long way around. Ochopi stepped away from the gator nest. She wanted to stand and scan the full floodplain, but she'd give herself away if she did. The skunk ape closed her eyes and furrowed her wrinkled brow to paint an image of the swamp in her mind. If she went 300 paces to the left, she'd reach the bend in the creek. The mangroves were there. They didn't provide the same cover as the sawgrass, but it was the dry season, so the ground would be sound enough for her to run across. If Dr. Skinner didn't move his airboat, she'd be able to cross the swamp there. As long as she kept her shoulders low, she'd be no more than a shadow skimming across it. So Ochopi took one step toward her left and heard the distinctive growl of a gator. Papa was home and didn't look pleased that Ochopi had raided his home or killed his wife. Going slow was out of the question now. Ochopi had to run. 
Ochopi gritted her teeth, put a protective hand around her bag of eggs, and pushed through the pain. Then she ducked her head and ran for the mangroves. The sawgrass flapped behind her as she cut a path for the clearing. Behind her, the humans gasped and screamed. Dr. Skinner howled. Look at that grass. That's the skunk ape. Everybody on the boat, let's go. The airboat wheezed to life. Ochopi was alarmed. Her injured leg was already burning until she remembered the boats always took a minute to get going. There was no need to lower her head now or try and hide. The humans were onto her and Dr. Skinner wasn't going to let her go. Ochopi raised all the way up and ran full speed ahead. Her long strides covered twice the ground now. Dr. Skinner shouted, there it is. Get your cameras. We're going to get it. Ochopi made a snap decision. She was already spotted. The long way seemed like a waste now. So the skunk ape cut to her right. Ochopi stepped out of the sawgrass and into the clearing of the marsh. She glanced to her right. The airboat was hopping across the water straight for her. Her eyes caught Dr. Skinner's. They were wide and blue as the water. He smiled and pointed to his right. She's headed for the tree line. Cut her off. It would be a race to the trees now. If she could get there before the boat caught up to her, the humans would have to get off and follow her on foot. She could lose them. Dr. Skinner was an excellent tracker, but he had a stiff neck from the injury she'd given him during their first encounter. He never looked up. And Ochopi was an excellent climber. The airboat cut to the right, getting closer. Even over the screech of the boat and that splash of the water, Ochopi could hear humans ooh and ah behind her. It was baffling. She didn't know why the humans were so obsessed with her, but they were. None more than Dr. Skinner. After a few moments of running, the shade of the tree line came into sight. She could sprint through the cypress trees and have enough cover to hide without being found. She was almost there. She could smell the mahogany trees she called home. Her heart lifted her up and pushed out the pain. Only a few more steps. A shot rang out behind Ochopi, immediately followed by the whiz of the bullet flying past her. Dr. Skinner had never taken a shot at her before. Ochopi filled with rage. She slammed to a stop and spun on her heels. She flexed her arms, bared her claws, and let out the loudest, meanest roar of her life. It was an involuntary reaction, which seemed to be what Dr. Skinner hoped for. He wasn't aiming for her. His gun was pointed above her head. He just wanted to scare her until she stopped. When all the other humans raised their tiny black boxes at her, she understood why. Ochopi was nearly blinded as the black boxes let out powerful flashes of light. Clearly, this army of humans wanted to stun her into submission, but Ochopi closed her eyes and ran for the tree line. 
She was slightly embarrassed at her outburst and the fact that they'd stopped her, but she also hoped Dr. Skinner had gotten what he wanted. Surely now he would leave her alone. Ochopi's leg ached, but she was almost home. She limped back to the mahogany tree behind the grove. High in the tree, her nest hid her babies. Ochopi heard Dr. Skinner call out, Everybody, stick close. She looked like she was limping. She's gotta be nearby. He hadn't stopped. Skinner was in the grove. The humans had followed her home. But Ochopi didn't care about that. She would be safe in her nest. She exhaled in relief and began her climb. Soon, she and her babies would feast on gator eggs and forget this terrible morning. She could hear the coos of her twins. Ochopi pulled herself over the lip of her nest. She couldn't wait to see her children. But as Ochopi laid eyes on the twins, she realized they weren't coos she heard, they were cries. Blood trickled down one of the twins' arms, right next to a smoking hole in the nest where the bullet had passed. When Skinner shot his gun, he'd missed her, but he'd killed one of her babies. Rage rose up inside Ochopi, the same feeling as the day Dr. Skinner plowed over her home. She'd let him escape with only a neck injury back then, but today, Dr. Skinner would face the full wrath of a skunk ape. Coming up, Ochopi gets her revenge. Now back to the story. Ochopi shook her injured child's body, hoping against hope that he would wake up and that the bloody gunshot wound in his arm would stop bleeding. She looked down through the trees, chest burning with anger. A light rain began to fall, but the drizzle did nothing to dampen her fiery fury. She could see the humans slide along the floor of the swamp, like snakes in the grass. They were never going to leave her and her babies alone. Dr. Skinner would always be around, bringing more people into her home, more airboats, more guns. Ochopi was tired of running and tired of hiding. She beat her chest with her giant fists and roared. She couldn't speak the human's language, but she hoped her message was clear. She wanted them gone from her swamp, now. Below, Dr. Skinner approached. As always, he didn't bother to look up. Ochopi was glad hitting his neck with the rock all that time ago had some lasting effect, and one so beneficial to her in the moment. Skinner was almost to the base of her tree, so she leaned over the branch and leapt from the nest. Ochopi landed with a thud a few paces in front of Skinner. 
pain shot through her leg. Jumping all the way down was not the wisest decision. It felt like the gator was biting her again. There was no way she'd be able to run now. But that only fueled her righteous rage. The rain rolled off her matted red coat as she rose from the ground, stretching up to her full height. She was as broad as two of him, and a full head and shoulders taller than the hunter. Now, Skinner looked up. His blue eyes sank into his head. His jaw dropped. The clouds opened up above them, the first thunderstorm of the year. Lightning flashed across the sky, lighting up Dr. Skinner's face in complete and total fear. Ochopi gritted her teeth and growled. Skinner's boisterous behavior was long gone now. After years of pursuing Ochopi, he'd finally gotten his wish. But he didn't seem to enjoy it. His hands trembled and he didn't waste a moment. Dr. Skinner spun away to scream at his fellow humans, back to the boat. Dr. Skinner broke out in a sprint. Ochopi limped behind him as fast as she could. Even hurt, she could still cover more ground than a human. Dr. Skinner ran through the cypress grove, covering his face with his arm to block the branches. They scratched Ochopi's ridged face as she barreled after him, but she didn't stop them. Ducking her head or raising her arm might block her sightline. She refused to take her eyes off Dr. Skinner. Getting her hands on him was all she cared about. She burst through the tree line. The other humans huddled on the airboat, the blades slowly spinning. They were ready to leave as soon as Skinner hopped on. All eyes turned to Dr. Skinner and Ochopi. The humans cried out in terror. He was almost out of her sight. She couldn't let Dr. Skinner reach the boat. She wouldn't. Ochopi dug in, gathered all of her strength, and leapt toward him. Ochopi tackled Skinner to the ground. They landed in the muck of the floodplain, mud splashing all around them. Ochopi wrapped both hands around Skinner's neck. She sprang to her feet and hoisted the hunter up off the ground. She pushed him back, inching his body toward the fan blades of the airboat. Ochopi roared again. Dr. Skinner squinted his eyes closed. She was ready to end this once and for all. A gun cocked from the boat. Ochopi didn't care if they fired or not. She only wanted revenge. But through the thunderstorm, a tiny human voice screamed. Ochopi looked past Dr. Skinner onto the airboat. Leaning over the back was a young man with the same piercing blue eyes as Dr. Skinner. She knew immediately that this smaller human was his child. She felt the wall of rage inside her crack. She knew how terrible it would be for this child to see his father's head torn apart by spinning blades. Ochopi had to do the right thing. So she showed mercy and merely snapped Skinner's neck instead. 
Ochopi dropped Skinner onto the ground without taking her eyes off the airboat. She backed away before the child started screaming again. She heard the airboat speed off as she ducked into the tree line, hidden from sight once again. Ochopi limped back toward her tree and climbed to her nest at the top. Once she arrived, her eyes widened in wonder. Her dead child's eyes were open. He was alive. The bullet wound in his arm wasn't bleeding as much anymore. It was only a graze. And her other twin was busy feeding his sibling with the gator eggs Ochopi had brought them. Ochopi felt a twinge of guilt for killing Skinner, but only a twinge. Then she picked the twins up and draped them across her shoulders. They would have to move even deeper into the swamp now, before Skinner's family came back for retribution. This home was spoiled, just like the one before it. Carefully, Ochopi eased down the tree. She hated to move. She hated humans. But her baby's safety mattered more than anything. She would find a new home, one so deep in the swamp that no hunters would ever dare to venture there. But in her heart, Ochopi knew that one day they would and she vowed that she'd be ready to face them. The skunk ape reached the height of its popularity between the 1950s and the 1970s, but sightings are still reported in Florida to this day. There are souvenir shops, documentaries, and guided tours all dedicated to the mythical beast. While the skunk ape isn't quite as well known as it once was, some of the most compelling evidence for its existence has only come out in the 21st century. In 2000, an anonymous homeowner heard a ruckus on their porch at night. Using their camera flash, the owner snapped photos of a large orange primate-like creature ducking into the brush. Skunk ape enthusiasts latched onto it as proof of the creature's existence. But then, experts declared it to be an escaped orangutan. While an escaped orangutan might seem far-fetched, it's not unprecedented in Florida. With its subtropical climate, Florida's proven to be a thriving environment for foreign fauna like rhesus monkeys and Burmese pythons. There are confirmed instances of both species living across the state in the wild. In the area surrounding the Everglades, there are multiple primate breeders and habitats. So a giant orange primate escaping and flourishing in the Everglades floodplains is well within the realm of possibility. And if it's big enough, Well, who's to say you can't call it a skunk ape? Florida has one of the fastest growing populations in the United States, and those people have to live somewhere. Developers are constantly expanding deeper into previously undeveloped swamps and marshes. No matter where humans go, the land they conquer has always been home to something. It's easy to cower in fear at the skunk ape and to chalk up their wild ways to their monstrous nature. But maybe we're more like them than we care to admit. How wild and vengeful would you be if strangers showed up in your backyard with a bulldozer? 
Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a new episode on another Murrican monster. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Jesse Harris, with writing assistance by Amin Osman and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast. Every Thursday on Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition, we're uncovering secrets hidden deep within the archives of the Central Intelligence Agency to bring you a special collection of episodes from shows across our network. Follow the new Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.